You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Facial recognition technology, it's a pretty broadly used technology these days, not just your iPhone X, for example, mm-hmm. uses it to unlock the screen, but mm-hmm. also in airports all over the place. Yeah, well, when uh, Tim Cook came out and was doing the launch of the iPhone X, which was, what, uh, September last year, it was this all this big, you know, you don't need the, the power button anymore, we've got facial recognition, which yeah. will unlock your no phone. touch ID. Yep. And uh, look, a lot of people came out and said, oh, how amazing this is. It's, it's such a, a good thing that our phone can have all these other security measures and on the one hand yes I can see that there are benefits to this it's a potentially more secure way to lock or unlock your device but uh, there are potentially some big downsides to this and the way that it's becoming more integrated with governments is also a I guess part of it, a scary uh, factor. When you go through the airport, you're being ID'd. Yeah, and, and the thing is, we don't really have a choice in this anymore. So, mm. you know, at least with the phone, you can make the choice whether you want to buy a device or not buy a device that has the facial recognition technology because we don't know um, where those metrics are necessarily being stored. We're told that it's only on the device. And what happens when the facial recognition is done without your essentially approval because you're in a public space? What is happening with that information? Where is it being stored and how is it? being uh, who's got access yeah, to it. access to it so for example Ticketmaster you know quite a big player here in Australia and and you'd be hard-pressed to be able to head to an event or a concert without having purchased via the, the Ticketmaster system and what they want to do is actually utilize the facial recognition technology to allow people access to uh, to the actual events and venues right so they, they will build up a huge backlog of people to then basically as soon as you walk in the door it'll be a ticketless walk-in so you won't actually have to produce anything on your phone you won't have to pull that ticket out of your pocket it will be able to recognize your face and so well, yes you bought that ticket and therefore you're allowed in so i can see that okay great we've got a quick way to enter but then what is happening with that information how are they storing it is it secure so where are they going to share that information after Afterwards, is it going to be that now they can sort of start to target advertise based on my face? That's one area. I mean, mm. doesn't seem to be any sort of government influence over you know what is happening here. What we tend to see is there are these inventions and ideas, and the regulations follow after there's a major problem. For example, look at what Facebook was doing with the sharing of information. They were self-governed, self-regulated, and they decided to open up certain information to Cambridge Analytica to be able to then utilize that to advertise to users, us, the user base. So now we're looking at potentially what happens with regulation after the fact, after it's been abused and accessed in in a way that we don't agree with. Now the governments come in and say, well, we don't like that. But there's been a good five to ten years of data collection and then abuse of that information before we get to this. Mm. And this is sort of the area that we're getting into a little bit now with facial recognition. So. Yeah. We have Ticketmaster proposing this idea. As I said, they really are the leaders in the promoting events and taking your money. So what's going to happen when you buy a ticket, you're buying it for somebody else, you want to transfer that to somebody else, or if you're blacklisted because of a false positive, what if you go to an event, your face is recognized, but it's a false positive and it's recognized as you caused trouble last time, you're in... Mm. You know, you're drinking too much, you got kicked out, but it wasn't actually you. So does that mean that you get refused entry because of this? Yeah. So that's that's one issue I can potentially see. And I mean, one of the things about facial IDs is that I believe it's it's a more secure way of 
making sure that you are who you claim to be yes. than, than your fingerprint, for example. Mm -hmm. Like your fingerprint can be copied more easily mm -hmm. than your face. And this is apparently one of the reasons why on the, the iPhone X, the, the top of the range Apple iPhone at the moment, that uses a forward-facing camera that you basically have to look at your phone. And there have been issues with that. There have been bugs well, with that. Look, but well, supposedly, according to Apple, it's far more secure, which is why they switched to the technology. What we know from the UK, as was reported only recently, is that there was a the Champions League final in Cardiff in South Wales. Police had begun a facial recognition pilot program. Now, right. of that, they were checking event goers against a database of 500,000 images of persons of interest. Now, about a year later, they had yielded 2,470 potential matches. But what they found was that 2,297 of those 2,470 were false positives. Right. So, so a lot it, of error. A lot. With, and so really what that meant was only 173 were positive matches out of that. The problem is, okay, yes, it can be more secure, but what we're seeing is that there's there are ways to fool the system. We know that there are some ways that the iPhone system doesn't work perfectly because mm. it could be a twin, for example. It could be that you're wearing glasses or mm. you've got facial hair mm. or, you know, there could be indicators along the way that it has trouble. When you've got a phone that's only... You know, an arm's length away from your face having trouble how can we trust the cameras that are up on light posts that are hanging down from ceilings that don't have the kind of resolution that, mm. that a phone has mm. of course that's going to throw up false positives you know what kind of real benefit are we getting we know that uh, you know some airports for example i believe it's uh, singapore they're allowing for facial recognition to be used as a sort of a uh, cut the taxing times and allow you to get through the, the airport much quicker well we use it in australia you can you, you use it when you uh, enter with an australian passport you you, it, you it, stand on the footprints and yep. you look at the camera and that's looking and they ask you to take your glasses off yep so that's that's you looking straight at a camera which is comparing a scan of your face yes. with a database that it has and what we've done is you know we have submitted those um, you know the passport photos and it's taken the measurements from that and it's yep. stored against the database yep. and you know what I've used it many times and mm. I think it is a good way mm. but I think that's a legitimate way to mm. use it it's mm. a government institution it's just how do you deal with errors that's, the, that's it, one exactly. of the issues because you've at least got you know border patrol there they could stop you and they, they could say oh we just need to check your passport and then that's where they get the human influence in it but if you've got cameras in the street that are just looking at people and going, oh, we need to send out police to this person straight away because it's thrown up a what we think is a positive, but all of a sudden it's an innocent person. You know, I look like my brother. My brother's done something wrong, not saying that he has. It's thrown up me as the, as the false positive and I'm being harassed in that way. So in some applications, I do agree with it, but it's what happens with that data, particularly the security element. Well, some of the reading material that is behind this your research for this story, apparently in Australia, state and federal governments have agreed to give police forces real-time access to passport, visa, citizenship and driver's licence images for use in various criminal investigations. So if you're going to jaywalk across the road, well, this is where the issue is. It's with the sharing of this information, who is sharing it and who's got access to it and does that mean it gets into the hands of private companies and then what happens with it? We could have our own Cambridge Analytica situation in years to come mm. because we don't know if people are going to reverse look it up. What if they're looking for domestic violence scenario, for example, mm. and a private citizen is able to gain access to this system, able to hunt down people that they will want to abuse or attack? This is the major security issue. And there is some dispute. Apparently, the state of Victoria has threatened to pull out of the identity match 
overarching scheme fearing the enabling legislation could expand Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton's powers beyond what was agreed by the states originally. It's also concerned private companies and local governments, so your Mornington Peninsula Shire, Mm -hmm. for example, would be allowed access to that same facial recognition data. Look, I I do think it is appropriate in certain applications. Mm. However, I do think it needs to be heavily regulated. Mm. Uh, This is where the governments need to have rules and regulations about the storage and access of the data. And it needs to be clear on who has access and what we would uh, think is acceptable access for that. So Mm. if it's, you know, walking through an airport for security, I can see that that's fine. If it's for jaywalking across the street or if you've got a private citizen being able to pay enough money to just, you know, access that data, that's where I see a major problem. You know, you think of all the uh, the CCTV cameras that, you know, increasingly being rolled out everywhere because they do provide a, a deterrent to crime. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you know you're going to be filmed, mm-hmm. then there's less chance of you committing the crime to start with. So it, it, they're effective. There the Iron Sky is great. And, You've got and, real and, people and, monitoring it, sure. And, and then the flow-on ability to, you know, you've taken your video footage of the criminal doing something, breaking into a shop, mm-hmm. jewellery shop, whatever it is, then the ability to actually work out who that is largely rests with something like facial recognition technology. I mean, it's the old, it's like the old lineups in the prison where you know you'd, you'd have the victim or five or six people witness or something. Be, you know, yeah. would stand behind the you know the mirror, mm-hmm. and then and there's all the suspects standing in front of them. Well, instead of relying on that, which was also prone to people's sort of memory lapse mm-hmm. and, and or bias or mm-hmm. whatever. This is potentially a, a very useful technology and it is being used effectively in a lot of ways, but there are concerns and there are limits to how reliable it is, as we know with the iPhone X. That, that and look, I do support the use of it, in, as I said, in mm-hmm. the appropriate application, mm-hmm. but it's it's without the regulation or with proper oversight, independent oversight, this is where I believe it can be abused. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.